It's four o'clock on a Monday, and you know what that means, don't you? It's time for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live! Woohoo! This week, starring behind the scenes at Taxi, what we listen to in our spare time. And thank you, fake band. Thank you, fake audience. Hello, everybody in the chat room. How are you? Carl Wurzbach, Dan Weber, Ann House, Ann House Twice, Martin Frog, Jay Williams, Sarah Moore, Sherry Marcus Milano, Fantamalonis, um, Paul Jacques, uh, Mark Ross, Bob Gunnerfeld, Dean Turner, Mark Himley, Vincent Nicotina, Gloria Covington, Vicki Flaweth, AJ Hall, and the rest of you. Hello, everybody. Um, okay, so. This show might be a little on the short side. We'll see. Maybe I'll do some Q&A after the fact. But um, I look very color-rich today. My chroma is up high. Good to have a high chroma. You never know. Um, so, <laughs> Fantamalones is so excited. Um, so here's what you guys don't know about us. that We as a staff... Um, Sometimes we get so busy taking care of just running the company and making sure what listings are coming in and music is going out and customers, members are happy and the clients are happy and all that stuff. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves that we're actually a music company. So uh, for the last couple of months, we started hanging out uh, in the boss's office. That's me. There is enough room in this office. We bring in some extra chairs. We hang out, whip out a couple six-packs of beer at the end of a day, and we just hang out and listen to music. And um, various staff members can be in charge of picking what the playlist is for a given day. Um, as a matter of fact, the next one we're doing is going to be a bunch of trailer music. That's right, trailer music. But this last one that we did... Um, our head screener put together and uh, her name is Angela McCool and she put together a list and it's all cues. I think maybe at some point I asked the staff if we could do a listening session. It was all instrumental cues and we're all sitting here listening going, wow, it's like one great one after another after another and I think it's really educational for the staff because you know some of the people on the staff aren't in the business of doing instrumental cues. Um, they're not they're more color, member services oriented and certainly they know good songs but they may not have been indoctrinated into you know the culture of cues so we decided to do this to kind of bring everybody into the fold and be able to point out and say this is a great cue this is not a great cue in any case everything on this list was really really strong and it was very enjoyable and i think we all learned a lot um, so we reached out to the people who got played internally for the taxi staff listening hangout and asked them if they would be okay with us playing it on the show. So we're not here to judge the cues today. Um, it, it's more of just so you guys can get a feel for what we listen to and what we like behind the scenes. And I think you guys are going to like it as well. And we are going to give the names of all two of the people said, please don't use my name. One gentleman was embarrassed. He said, oh, don't play that one. It's just a simple drum thing. But the point is that it's a really good simple drum thing. Maybe he's probably much you know, capable of doing something much more impressive by his opinion, in his opinion. 
but it was to us it was impressive because it was very usable and so that's what we we're doing we we're sitting here listening going oh i like that i could see that working in this kind of scene or that kind of show um and I will tell you something I hadn't planned on telling you, but I'm going to tell you, which is I've got a relatively newfound friend that used to be the head of music for a very large uh, production company that did, I don't know, 10 or 20 reality shows at a time. They're big. They're a big damn deal. And he and I spent three hours hanging out in my office on a Saturday a couple of weeks ago, and we bonded. And uh, so I, I sent him over. And this guy was, he is by trade a music editor, but he also is a music supervisor and was in charge, I believe, of all the music supervisors or editors and how they use the music on all these shows that that production company cranked out and those shows were on several networks at any given time. And uh, so I sent him over this playlist in disco. If you haven't checked out disco yet, and I don't mean ah, 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 that kind of disco, I mean the kind of disco, um, disco that is the way we send our music to, or your music to our clients. Um, anyway, well, do you know the address for disco? Is it disco.com slash au or dot no, a? disco.ac. Disco.ac? What does the AC stand for? We have no idea, but disco.ac uh, means all oh, cool. Anyway, we uh, I sent this music over to him just to say, look, you know, here, here's kind of like the quality because he and I have been talking businessy stuff and uh, hadn't really discussed the quality other than me telling him it's really good and when he heard the stuff he got back to me and went down the list and didn't have one comment as to the quality of any of the cues it was like everything was over his very high bar the only comment he made was some of the cues felt a little long but i then informed him that um cues generally run 90 seconds to two minutes or more because that's what the clients ask us to get for them and his contention is you can do almost any cue in 60 to 90 seconds. You know, that's subjective. So uh, there you go. But he was duly impressed because he didn't have any negative feedback. So let's just start listening to this stuff so you can hear what the staff and I hung out and listened to two weeks ago, I think. Um, the first one is called Barn Dance, and it's by John Cleghorn. And as you listen to all of these, um, if you have any negative comments, don't put them in the chat today. We're not here for that. We're not judging them other than I want you to listen to them and go, yeah, I can imagine this being in an episode of that or in this kind of scene or that kind of scene. Okay, so there you go. Let's listen to Barn Dance by John Cleghorn.
section. See, that false ending, very cool, because that could be used on its own as a stinger. So there you go. Um, you know, had edit points, it had personality, it had different sectional contrast, it had the B section. Um, all kinds of great stuff makes it very usable, not hard to imagine at all. I saw people saying, you know, chase scene, obviously a barn dance would be good for this. Um, uh, what was the show, uh, Duck Dynasty? You know, this would have been good for when the, the boys are heading out down the road. I'm just a million things that this could be used for. Um, so there you go. Any thoughts from you guys? I see some plus ones, even, the, even though we're not voting today. And yes, I, this stuff was all picked by our head screener who checks every critique before it goes out the door. Um, and and listens to forwards, just, you know, quality control, all right? Um, so I'm assuming, this is an assumption on my part, and I don't like to assume anything, because you know what they say, assuming makes an ass out of you and out of me, and I don't like to be an ass, but um, pretty safe assumption that all this stuff was forwarded at some point. Um, uh, no, this stuff is not up on Disco AC um, for the public. Uh, funny fight scene in a pub? Yep, there you go. Anyway, so that's that. Um, let's move on to the next one, which is called Big Time by John Hetherington.
Another great example of a stinger ending that could be used on its own. It also is like an exclamation point, right? Punctuation at the end of the cue. Um, Marion Laird says, really well constructed. Uh, Sarah Moore says she puts on her high-heeled boots, walks out to the convertible, starts it up, takes off down the road, hair blowing behind her. Absolutely. Um, nice groove, a head bobber. Uh, it's a good thing that these are ladies saying this stuff. Hot chicks, or hot chick looking for trouble. Man, if a guy said that today, ooh, baby. Uh, a mix of 70 Southern rock and new hot country. Nice stinger, more cowbell, good ending too. I mean, all this stuff, uh, you'll see. It's, we all just sat here smiling. Um, it, it was a really good and constructive listening session. So there you go. Um, let's listen to, oh, before we do, if I don't hold this up, I get in big trouble. So make sure you subscribe to our channel. Um, you know what? If you want to be alerted when a show starts, click that button. It's up near the top. Like us so that uh, YouTube likes us because we like when they like us and share with your grandmother because she likes this. There you go. Okay, so the next one is called Blast from the Future and this is from Tim Kuss. <laughs>
crazy. Blast from the Future, and the taxi member is Tim Koss. Dude, that was freaking awesome. Um, I could listen to that all day long, all day long. Um, not a cue. Instrumental, yes, not a cue. Why? Because it wasn't laid out like a cue. Um, and you know what? Shouldn't be, because something like that would be used in a scene where people are at a high-end cocktail party, a bunch of stuffy people in tuxedos, and that's playing in the background. Um, and it would probably run longer than a cue. That is not going to get used, in all likelihood, in a reality show for 12 seconds. That's the kind of thing that plays in a fine dining restaurant in the background, in a high-end bar, in a hotel lobby, million things. And it's probably going to run longer. And they wouldn't want it to be constructed like a cue because it wouldn't feel right. So that, in my opinion, perfection. Great job, Tim. Next one. Oop, got to put my sunglasses on that side of the desk. I don't forget them when I leave. Because it's light enough now that I drive into the sun on my way home. Yay. Okay, this next one is from a person who didn't want to be identified. Um, probably thought we were going to be critiquing today. Oh, well. Uh, Broken Locomotion is the name of this one.
I love it. How can you not love that? And it's got to be, that one had to be submitted and I'm sure forwarded um, for the listing we, we did where one of the references was for Rock and Roll Part 1 by Gary Glitter. This is perfect. Doesn't rip it off in any way, shape, or form, but has the that same sort of thing. I don't even know how to describe it, but you know, it, it's ballsy and it's kind of masculine and tough and it feels like uh, you're at a football game, you know, and it's time to get uh, the boys charged up. It, it's, it's perfect for that. Um, I'm just, I'm scanning the chat really quick. Uh, not many breaks for a tube. It'd be easy to chop on the downbeat. Absolutely very editable. A brick wall limiter would be my guess, possibly. Um, anyway, there you go. Um, state of the art. Okay, the next one is called Double Dealing, and this is by Matthew Vanderbaugh. something I'm going to go back and have Bria play a little bit of that one again so that you can check it out um, clearly that was a dramedy cue um, dramedy is like this sneaky stuff uh, I think it became probably most famous um, with uh, desperate housewives you know sneaking around the picket fences looking through the windows at your neighbors blah 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 um, dramedy gets used like crazy in reality TV shows. But the one thing that we hear a lot of times from libraries that are looking for dramedy stuff is we're looking for something that sounds like dramedy, but isn't the same old thing. We've got tons of dramedy cues made with pizzicato strings. That's kind of the default sound for so much dramedy that's out there. So Matt Vanderbilt is a master of dramedy, and I want you to listen really carefully, like 30 more seconds of this, to identify the instruments. And I don't believe that there's a pitsy string part in there 
anywhere. So let's have a listen. Sorry? The beginning? Um, actually, somewhere in the middle would be good. some pits and strings. Tuba, trombone, I'm not... I think it's tuba. There you go. There were, I was wrong. There are some pitsy strings in there, but they're really not the thing, you know? And it's got different instrumentation and um, it's, it's just cool. So if you're a video editor and you're working on a reality show and you use dramedy is probably right up there with hip hop, I would guess, um, for many of the uh, reality shows. And you're just so sick and tired of hearing the same old crap. Oh, man, another dramedy cue. Sounds like every other dramedy cue I've ever done. They are looking for stuff. They don't sit down and think analytically about it. They probably don't even listen all the way through. I'm going to reiterate something that uh, Laura Ostrander, who's a video editor that we started last year's Road Rally out uh, with, and she said, look, uh, I listen to the first few seconds and see if it's the kind of vibe that I'm looking for. Then I go like a third of the way in or a quarter of the way in and I listen to a few seconds and go, okay, it's still working for me. Then she goes halfway in and goes, yep, it's working for me and it's building. So this part is different or there's a B section. So there's some dynamic variation in it and emotional variation. Uh, no, that's actually not stated correctly. It wouldn't be emotional variation, but it would be variation on a theme. So that if you needed to edit to something that gave a little twist, it's there if you want it. Um, and then they go like 90% of the way down the queue to see if it got bigger at the end so that it, you know, it's kind of stepping up, dropping down, stepping back up, and then out with the big finish. So this did all of that. And while they're checking it, they, they meaning video editors collectively, would probably notice this and go, wow, you know, so that's a really well-done, well-constructed, well-engineered, well-written, well-produced. Uh, everything about it is really, really first-class, and it sounds a little bit different because of the instrumentation. So there you go. I think that every editor would choose that if they had the right scene for it. There you go. Um, moving on. Next one is called Emerald Jig. Emerald with a D, Jig. And this is by Shane Stever.
Short, sweet, to the point, eminently usable, right? Nothing about that that doesn't work for the right scene. Um, Patty Hunter says, Green Bear. Astute observation, Patty. You're a smart woman. Um, <laughs> Paul Croteau says, Oi, <laughs> makes me want to dance and drink. Uh, I think Oi goes with a klezmer track, Paul. Just saying. <laughs> uh, anyway, really, really, really good. First class. Beautifully done. Yay. Next one is called... Oh, by the way, notice the titles on these. Um... Emerald Jig, you know what you're going to hear before you hit play in that last one. Um, the next one is called Fashion Nova. So before we hit play, I want to see what you guys think Fashion Nova would sound like. Come on, let's see some answers. Upscale pop. I'm too sexy for my shirt. Yes, you are, Polly. Uh, some kind of dance music. Uh, Latin bossa nova. EDM electronica. EDM. The runway of a show. Let's have a listen to Fashion Nova and see how close you guys were. something a little different giving the editor variation again they're not going to use the whole cue just pieces Again, that was Fashion Nova. Perfect for a runway show. I and mean, perfect for a lot of stuff, but it's so obviously perfect for, uh, you know, any of the fashion runway shows. I mean, it's just, it, you, it makes you want to, like, 
strut down a runway. Not me personally, but for you guys probably, right? Um, getting the models ready for the walk. Yep. Okay, ladies, here's how you do it. One foot, left foot first, and the right, right, right. That's, that's your right foot over there, the, getting the models ready. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Did I offend any models out there? Shoot. Okay. The next one is another one uh, where this person asked us not to identify him or her. I can't remember, but this one is called Fox in the Hen House. Let's have a listen. Okay, how are we doing? We are doing way great on time. Um, I don't remember what this next one sounds like, but I remember liking it. And this one is called Journey Through the Arabian Night by Craig Halady. Halady. H-L-A-D-Y.
excellent, excellent job. Um, eminently usable and all kinds of stuff. I'm preferably Middle Eastern, obviously. Um, great cue. Uh, Jay Williams asked, uh, I mentioned something about B section a couple of times. It's not a hard, fast law or rule that you have to have a B section, but there are certain elements that just make it easier. You know, I've said this before in the show, I'm going to repeat it again. It's not about being the most brilliant composer. Brilliance in composing instrumental cues is making them usable primarily for editors in reality shows, okay? So um, you want to get, as a matter of fact, when we had Laurel Ostrander, the video editor on stage last year at the Road Rally, she pointed out something really good towards the end of her 90-minute thing. I said to her, so Laurel, you know, are, are there any things that make a cue eminently more usable than things that don't have these things, or cues that don't have something that you're about to mention? And she goes, well, yeah, you know, um, I want them to start out with something interesting. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. It's not an exact quote. But she said, you know, something like a, a drum turnaround, brr, boom, bam, right into the cue. Or just banging into the cue. You don't want a long intro because the intro isn't what they're after. They're after the red meat. They're after the heartbeat of that cue. So you want to come in with something that's attention-grabbing right at the beginning, and you want some sort of variation in the middle, which is typically a B section, and you want the end, you want uh, a developmental arc where it keeps getting bigger and bigger, and it feels like it's going somewhere and then finishes with, uh, depending on the type of cue. Obviously, if it's classical solo piano, doesn't have to have like a stinger ending, it's bam. But for many genres, you want it to finish with a stinger ending. and. Uh, so those are things that she felt are important to her as an editor. Uh, and, and she didn't say, well, it's got to have, you know, really amazing melody and it's got to have this or that. She's looking for stuff that was almost mechanical. And I don't mean mechanical like I am a robot mechanical. I mean mechanical in that she's looking for the usability quotient, not a brilliant composition. But brilliance in cue composing is making it usable. How do you learn how to make usable cues? By watching reality shows and listening to how stuff gets used and noticing, oh, look at that. They only use nine seconds there and there they use 27 seconds. You know, whip out your phone and use the stopwatch um, and, and see how long they use cues for and look at what they use them for. They use it to now we've gone from the driveway into the family room of the house, or we've gotten out of the car at the mall and we're walking in the front door of the mall. Um, all these little moments, the editors call them beats. Um, and they don't mean beats like, they mean beats like this is a beat. A beat is an idea. A beat is a moment in a show that they stay on. So they need music that carries a beat that conveys the emotion that makes you feel what the editor or the people who are doing the show want you to feel, um, enhances the emotion or the mood. Uh, and then they need a way to get into the beat and out of the beat. Again, beat in video editor parlance does not mean. Okay, moving on. The next one is called King of Spades. And this is by Jeffrey Allen. Thank you. 
B6. Could use this all by its lonesome. So easy to imagine. Do you remember the Geico commercials with the caveman on the motorcycle? Perfect for that. Um, Chevy truck ads, Dodge Ram, anything that's kind of dirty and masculine and rusty and ballsy could work for any of that stuff. Um, there you go. Doesn't need really any, let's see, badass cowboy rocker, badass, whoa, great job, Jeffrey. Um, Caveman cue, nice. <laughs> anyway, really, really, really usable. Easy to imagine in many different kinds of scenes. Um, the next one is called Leaving Jerusalem, and this is by Armin Kandel. Is the title limiting? Um, I don't know. Uh, I have mixed feelings about that. Uh, it could be. I mean, it sounds pretty, you know, like um, very basic klezmer music. Um, the fact that it says leaving Jerusalem kind of sets a tone, you know, that it, it's like a little sad or a little bittersweet, you know, and, and you can absolutely imagine somebody leaving 
you know. So in that regard, it works. But maybe for different types of uses, which I think it would also work for, it might be a little limiting. But I think it's a beautiful piece, beautifully executed. I love everything about it. Um, Scott Hansen, it could be used as background music for Mogan David. He means the, the wine. Um, anyway, all right. Uh, the next one is called Making the Cut, and this is by Steve Barden, who, oh, you know what? I actually, somebody won his book. Steve, if you watch this episode, send me a couple more books, would you, so I can give them away on the show and, and promote your book because I love it and think it's awesome. Steve is a taxi member that is an accomplished uh, orchestral composer. He does stuff other than that, but he's really good at orchestral stuff. So let's have a listen to Making the Cut. That was the janitor walking out of the studio after <laughs> the soundstage after we recorded that. That's a great track. Um, obviously, it's orchestral tension. You can imagine that getting used in trailers, in uh, you know a scene where somebody has just escaped a building and he's being chased. Um, Mike Sirasulo uh, says forty-eight hours. Uh, did you mean twenty-four <laughs> instead of forty-eight hours? Anyway. Really, really, really well done. Um, I would expect nothing short of perfection from uh, Steve because he's really good at that. He's good at a lot of things. But um, Okay. Moving on. The next one is called Marilyn Monoelectro, and this is by Paul Krieg. I have no idea what this is going to sound like by that title, by the way, Paul. Just saying. Mm-hmm. 
gentleman with the unbelievable credentials that listened to this playlist the other day. Uh, I remember his comment next to that was something on the order of excellent quirky cue. It is quirky. Um, I mean, you can practically see like a waiter, uh, like a guy in an elevator operator suit, you know, with the little hat, you know, with the tray full of martinis or Cosmos or something. Um, I have only one criticism, that's the title. And it, you know, not a big deal, but Marilyn Monelectro doesn't tell an editor anything, um, but you could have called it jazzmatazzy or razzmatazzy, and that would at least get you into the ballpark of what it is. Anyway, just, uh, you know me, I'm fanatical about titles that get your music used more. Uh, but excellent, excellent piece. Good job on that. Uh, next one is called Mediterranean Waltz, and this is by Serge Lacasse.
funniest thing that Scott Hansen has said in a long, long time. This is how I feel when I'm at the bottom of the peanut butter jar. <laughs> well, I hope it's a relatively short jar so you can climb out. Um, I just had a funny thought while I was listening. By the way, I, I love that piece. It's so usable, incredibly usable. I mean, it, it's like introspective, not quite um, sad or melancholy. It's thoughtful and it's introspective, but it becomes kind of hopeful. Uh, it, it's just so unbelievably usable. Excellent piece. But I noticed that um, we have um, Bridget Nicolini in, in the chat room tonight. We also have Vincent Nicotina. So if the two of them got married, Bridget's name would be Bridget Nicolini Nicotina. Just saying, I like alliterative names and that would be a really cool one. So I don't know if you guys are single or not, but just saying, the chat room, you know, it's a community. Get together, folks. Um, moving on. This next one, great title. You know what you're going to hear. I don't remember the cue, but you know what you're going to hear because it is called She's Up to Something, and it's by Chris Regat. There you go. Excellent dramedy. Nice stinger on the end. Excellent job. That once again is Chris Rabat or maybe Rabbit. I'm not sure how Chris pronounces that, but it's called She's Up to Something. Great title, great cue, eminently usable. All right, next one. Gee, what could this possibly sound like? This one's called Sleigh Bells by Elna Myberg. <laughs> Thank you. 
Perfection. Kathy Holmes. Martini in the Petrosian Bar in Bellagio at Christmas. Clearly, Kathy Holmes has a better bank account than I do. <laughs> I couldn't afford that place at Christmas time. I couldn't afford a single drink. Um, and uh, <laughs> I gotta say, I, I don't want to encourage bad behavior, but Scott Hansen says, uh, we were talking, somebody in the chat room was talking about, is that a C-section? And Scott goes, I was a C-section. <laughs> oh man, I'm not even gonna go. And somebody else said, um, No, I won't say it. Inappropriate behavior. Yeah, I'm not going to say it. Okay, next one is called Start Your Engines, and this is by Paul Jacques. You immediately know what you're going to hear by the title, right? NASCAR highlights, all kinds of sports highlights. say other than totally usable in a thousand different ways great cue great playing on that and, you know a lot of times uh, we're doing less of this lately but a lot of our listings have said you know nothing too busy nothing in high registers makes it hard to use um, I'm hearing more and more cases where they are using stuff although I still think as a default I would tend to avoid, you know, really high register, really busy lead guitar parts. It does limit the usability to some extent, but for this kind of track, um, it, it's perfect. And you know what? They're going to duck it. If they've got a voiceover, they're going to duck it down. They're not going to make the voiceover try and talk over that. Maybe that's why they call it a voiceover. Just saying. Um, but it, it's just so perfect the way it is. I mean, it's just 
full of fun, full of testosterone, makes you think of fast cars that are probably orange. Just saying. Um, okay, uh, next one is called Tension Piano. Um, you know, you know, I'm a big fan of naming things so that it's obvious what it is. Um, I will tell you that the gentleman that did the unrequested um, listened to all this stuff and, and wrote me back and gave some opinions which were all positive. He did mention on this one, he said, find another title. So there you go, just throwing that out there. This is Tension Piano by Robert Hicks. <laughs> example of a piano tension cue. I mean, the title certainly spells it out. Um, there was a movie called The Kingdom that was in theaters about five or six years ago, uh, something taking place in the Middle East with a bunch of shady stuff going on. And it was a scene, I, if I'm mem remembering this correctly, where a guy, excuse me, is building a, uh, a, a bomb vest, you know, and, and this would have been great for that. Um, just a million uses for that. You could use it in procedural um, shows like CSI or NCIS, and eh, not so much NCIS, but you know, police procedural stuff. And last, but not least, is a beautiful piece um, by Larry McGee. Um, I'm gonna butcher the title because I don't speak Spanish, but I think it's Tu Besos Suaves. How did I do? I think that sounded good to me. <laughs> it sounded good to Bria. Did you take Spanish in high school? No. no. <laughs> French, I'm guessing. Yep, French. <laughs> anyway, this is Tu Beso Suave.
gorgeous. It's perfection. That is literally perfection. It's incredibly usable. Um, it's it's arranged well. It's produced well. It's engineered well. It's played well. Everything about that works. Anyway, so that's the end of the line. Um, I just really wanted to share that with you guys to let you know that this is what we get to listen to here. I mean, you know, people say, oh, don't you guys hear a bunch of terrible, awful music? Not as much as you'd think because we spend so much time educating you folks and playing you stuff. And, you know, I was a little worried um, that some people might listen to this and think, I'll never be that good. I'm just cashing in my chips now and going home with my tail between my legs. But I think more people than not are inspired and go, you know, I'm not that far away from being that good. And again, I mean, what makes these so good is that they're usable. It's not that the compositions are brilliant. Some of them are, but uh, maybe many of them are. But I personally believe because we're in the business of trying to help you make money with your music and get it out there and get it heard by millions of people and get it placed in TV shows and films and commercials. Um, oh, that, by the way, would be really good in a Dos Equis commercial. You know, I am the, what's the, the most interesting man in the world? This would be perfect music for that. Um, but we're all about teaching you I, I can't make you better composers. I don't know that I don't want to say that. But our goal is to help you create music that people in the industry can use. And all this stuff is extremely usable. So just wanted to let you know that that's what we do. We hang out and for the staffers who don't get their hands on this stuff all the time. I want them to hear it and understand it and appreciate it and enjoy it because they get phone calls from you guys and they should know what you're capable of. The industry should know what you're capable of. And uh, we're putting together some samplers to send out to um, music soups and libraries, and this is the level of what we'll be sending out to them. So congratulations to all of you who uh, got chosen for this. There, there, there was no submission process. This was all just music that we've heard internally 
and Angela McCool um, found it and put together this playlist. I think she did a really, really good job. The staff all really enjoyed it. So can I call it a night at 517? Or do you want me to hang out and take some questions? I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> Yes, bravo to Angela. Absolutely. Donna said, John, Donna Gili says, I'm among such talented people. You really are. Marion Laird says, go enjoy your dinner. Well, I actually have to make it myself. I, I, do you know, last week I cooked dinner every night. I love cooking. It's like mixing. Um, <laughs> while we were doing the show, I got a text from uh, Rob Shirelli. said, join me for uh, Mai Tai Monday. Um, they're having Mai Tais at a place not that far from our house. And I thought about, but you know, my wife is sitting at home right now thinking, I wonder when Michael's going to get home and make that pasta and sausage. So that's it. Um, I will come to Cleveland. I told you, Scott, someday I'm going to show up at your restaurant. We're going to do a taxi TV. Ooh, NCAA final in an hour. Go Cavs. Uh, oh, here's a good question. Uh, Michael, how come when something is close to a listing and needs a small tweak, you don't let someone resubmit the next day? Um, I hate to sound so rigid, but when you've got thousands of members and you've got, let's say, you know, a hundred people submitting for something, and if everybody who didn't get a forward um, had the chance to resubmit the next day, the confusion, um, the mess that that would cause. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, you know, he's going to resubmit. We'd have to keep track of hundreds of things like that times a hundred different listings a month. It would just be impossibly hard. And, and frankly, you know, we're jamming over here to get the stuff screened in time to get it into the industry person's hands who requested it. Um, I'm sorry. It, it would be a mess. It would be a freaking nightmare is what it would be. And frankly, a lot of times there just isn't that extra time to let people redo it. And what if they redo it and we go, Still not quite there. Oh, then let me do that and I'll get it into again tomorrow. So now we're at two resubmissions. So just too hard to do. Um, I'm looking to see if there are any questions. Nope, no more questions. All right, with that, I'm going to be done 10 minutes early, a new world record. I'm going to go home and make pasta and sausage. Remember, um, next week I'm not in the office on Monday, so there is no show. And the next show will be on April 22nd. I don't know what we're going to do for that show yet, but I'm sure it will be fun. It will be educational, and I can't wait to do it. So with that, let me say adios from Taxi World Headquarters here in beautiful Calabasas, California. And we will see you next, or not next week, we will see you in two weeks for another exciting episode of Taxi TV Live. Woo! Bye, you guys.